Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And welcome in to Poke the Bear, episode 21. Episode 21. Wow. Uh, I am Evan Marinovsky of CLNS Media alongside Connor Ryan of Boston Sports Journal. 21 episodes. 21. 21. Can you believe it? We, we're, we're getting through this offseason as best we can, and <laughs> hopefully we're, we've reached the fin- we're getting close to the finish line, at least. But we're, it's a little bit we're of a almost to there. We're almost there. I can't wait. I cannot wait, because the fact that we've grown... I feel like if... We both have podcasts. I feel like if we can grind it out through this time period, we can grind it out through anything. Like we can do anything. Um, so I feel like we've been given an added sense of like, you know, you know, strength. We've, we can get, get the through. light. Of, we, we've, we can see the light at the end of the tunnel, Evan. There's, there's a little bit of light. There's a little bit of light. Um, and what's good is there's real things to talk about today, which is fun, which is always fun. We've been dying for things to talk about today. Um, and there's a few. Well, we'll say there's one trade rumor the Bruins are directly involved in. There is two other players available rumored, and we're going to consider whether or not they're fits for the Bruins. So you're going to have to listen to figure out who those two others are. Hate to break it to you guys. Uh, but but- it, it, you know what? It sure beats like what we were originally going to have planned, which is going to be an oral history of the Louis Erickson trade. So Yes. Yeah, that, so that, this that is, doesn't sound like fun. I'm glad that blew that up. Uh, I, we can save the Louis Erickson talk for maybe next offseason. Uh, yes. Hopefully there's never another offseason again. Hopefully we're just in a season for the rest of eternity. <laughs> a perpetual uh, hockey season. Just a continue, and you know, you can just sub players in and out. You know, you put the AHL Bruins out there for a few games, whatever. Um, so David Pignota, the fourth period, reported yesterday uh, that the Bruins uh, have expressed interest in Calgary Flames defenseman Noah Hannafin. Uh, you guys have probably heard that they've had interest in Noah Hannafin since literally before he was drafted. I remember uh, back in the 2015 draft, he was selected, was it fourth or fifth overall? I think fifth overall. By to Carolina. the Hurricanes. Yeah. Um, and there was a lot of rumors the Bruins are going to package all their picks and trade up to get him. They really liked him. Uh, they didn't end up doing that. Instead, we know what happened with the 2015 draft. Uh, that's a whole other topic we've covered in depth many times. Uh, but uh, they do. They, the Bruins have expressed interest, according to David Pignota of the fourth period, in Noah Hannafin. Um, he currently has four years left on his current six-year, twenty-nine point seven million dollar deal. So that comes with a cap hit of four point nine five million dollars. Um, Calgary is also believed to have interest in Bruins forward Andre Kasha, who's in the final year of his contract before he becomes a restricted free agent next season. So you'd probably have a one-for-one Kasha Hannafin. Maybe another piece would have to go to Calgary. Uh, cause Hannafin has so much, uh, left on his deal 
and Calgary and Kasha obviously does not. What is your initial reaction to this? Because when we mentioned this before the show, I think we both had different reactions to this. So I'm interested to hear what your take is. Yeah, well, I think if you're a casual Bruins fan, it checks off all the boxes, right? I mean, BC kid, Noel Wood, he fits the spot. You know, he's a left oh, shot. He's D. a hometown so, kid. I mean, get uh, it, who else do you need, right? That, like, fits everything you need. But uh, I think when you kind of take a step back and maybe look at the, the player, um, he's certainly not kind of the – the top tier franchise defenseman. I think a lot of people envisioned he would be um, when he was drafted fifth overall. And granted, I mean, he's 23 years old and it's not like, you know, defensemen are just, you know, hit the ice in the NHL ranks and just mold into, you know, elite defensemen. You know, he still has a lot more to kind of give up at the NHL level. But that being said, I mean, I understand the the need for, you know, Bruins fans to look at any viable, you know, left shot D and, you know, target them because you look at kind of the state of the roster right now with, you know, you're looking at Lozon or Zaboral or Vakaninen, you know, slotting into a pretty, uh, you know, valuable role on this team. A guy like Hannafin makes plenty of sense. At least, you know, he's a guy who's been in the league for five years. I think he's averaged about 19 minutes of ice time. Um, he would, at the very least, be a guy you could plug in there and probably be a viable defenseman. That being said, I don't know if if he's like the exact answer you're looking for for the Bruins in terms of uh, – one, what you'd have to give up for him, what money you'd commit to him, and what I think the expectations are. Because I think you, I think fans maybe look at a guy like Hannafin and think he's the player maybe he was projected to be when he was 18, 19, where he's going to be a, you know, 23 minutes, give you a little bit of offense and a shutdown guy because he's a bigger guy at 6'3. But you kind of look at his numbers and they don't really uh, stand out in terms of maybe what you're looking for. Like, I feel like. If you're the Bruins and you're you're rolling with a a guy like Zaboral or Vakanine or Lozon, and let's say we put them with Brandon Kahlo, I don't know what exactly you're looking for there, but as long as they're giving you like 18 minutes, you know, 16 to 18 minutes a night, they're steady, they're complementing, they're shutting down scoring chances. That's all I'm kind of looking for there, you know, because they also have McAvoy, they've got Grizzly, they've got playmakers on that on their decor. I'm I'm not looking for a lot from those guys, but just be steady. And you kind of look at Hannafin's game, and I I think for as much as he projects as a you know a bigger defenseman, a guy who's you know a shutdown option, he really hasn't been that, especially in Calgary. I mean, I think last year he was. Uh, 159 among like 199 defensemen in terms of goals against per 60 minutes. Not great. And again, like there's a lot of things that kind of factor into that in terms of, you know, how much ozone time they're getting. But still, you, you look at maybe a few of these other guys the Bruins are interested in, like uh, Mackenzie Weger or one of those guys, and you look at their underlying numbers and you see a guy who, you know, with added minutes could really step into a role and excel here. You look at Hannafin and, you know, he's solid in terms of, you know, producing on even strength on offense, but he's not really the difference maker you're probably looking for in terms of a young shutdown option on the blue line. So again, it all kind of depends on what Calgary's looking for. I have to imagine they'd want more than just Kasha for a, a guy under that team control. But I think for what the Bruins are, are looking at uh, in terms of, you know, filling in the void left by Krug, are you better served committing to a guy like Hannafin who is a body, a warm body, a guy who is all right, but I don't know if maybe he's what you're expecting him to be when you could at least, you know, keep Kasha who we don't really know what we have in him yet, but he's still a guy who's intriguing. Like he could very well be a 20 goal scorer this year. And you keep, you know, these younger guys that you need to find out how they develop like a Vakanainen or Zaboral, like which path do you take? If we're talking about a guy like Uyghur or something, then you clearly take Uyghur, right? <laughs> you, you not going to this year, you know, with a kind of an 
undetermined uh, part of the roster with your decor. But with with Hannafin, I don't know. I don't, I don't really buy it in terms of what what he brings and what he projects based on what the cost would be and how much more he really helps you in that area. Yeah, so I I don't think Hannafin's as good as people think he is. But I, I look at the asking price and it being Kasha, and we've both talked at length about how that middle six, they have a lot of viable wingers, and you're going to have guys who are watching the game from the ninth floor who for a lot of other teams would play. And that ends up kind of being a waste, especially if you find uh, people who can fit in. Now, ultimately, I think the favorite to be Krejci's right winger would be a guy like Kasha. But you still also have Stadnika, you have Craig Smith. You know, you have, if you wanted to, you could have a guy like Anders Bjork. You could move Craig Smith to the first line with Posh knocked down. There's options you have there. Yeah, you look at Nick that Ritchie. Nick Ritchie. People forget <laughs> Nick Ritchie too. Um, that's a name we haven't heard in a while. Um, I felt so bad. It was his birthday, and the Bruins post like a birthday post for him, and like all the comments were just like, "No, no, no, no." And I'm like, "Oh my god, it's the dude's birthday." That's, that's, like, that's just a hit to the morale. Yeah, birthday. like it's his birthday. Let him enjoy it. Jesus, he didn't choose to be here. Um, but uh, you look at that. And then you look at, at the defense and, you know, you have your, your three mainstays in Krizlik, Carlo, and McAvoy. And ironically, those are the three you keep in the expansion uh, in the expansion draft. So that's a pretty easy three to keep. Uh, Cassidy really seems to like Lazon, So I would imagine he'll be in the top four. You know, you, you, who knows about Chara? Who knows about Klitschko? But you have a lot of question marks. Because even Lazon, who they're high on, you don't know exactly for sure that he's going to be a legitimate viable top four defenseman. And you know, that there's going to be some inconsistencies along the way. Yeah. Now, if they're comfortable with going the route of let's see, you know, back and Zaboral, Lazan, let's see what they can give us, then own that route, own it. But don't be mad if it doesn't work out and you're out in the first or second round again next year. Whereas if you go out and get a guy like Hannafin and trade an asset that, you have other ones similar to in Kasha and probably a, another prospect, I would think. I don't think this is going to be a one-for-one, one, as you said. Yeah. You're going to ha- that is a stable, sturdy top four uh, on defense. Your, you know, your bottom two can be Char and Clifton or Lazan and Clifton or you know, maybe Kevin John Moore. Kevin Miller in there. There's a, there's a lot but, of moving pieces. There's a lot of moving pieces. Now, the, the, the tough thing is, is this. Who would you choose out of those four defensemen to be the three that you keep for the expansion draft. Now, I don't know. It, you know, you have to think. Seattle would take Grizzly in a heartbeat. Yeah. Would they take Hannafin? You think about that. Would they really take him? Now, granted, if he goes out next season for the Bruins, let's say the Bruins do pull this trigger, and he gets like 50 points, then you're in a real tough spot. But if he's, you know, every year in the league he's had, I mean, I'm just looking at point totals. You have the advanced stats. But I'm just looking at point totals. I mean, between, you know, he's, he, he's consistently in the 20 point range. He's only gone over uh, 30 points once or twice, excuse me. Um, And, you know, the last two years were kind of with that crappy Calgary, you know, boring Calgary flames team. So there's room that there might be something, as you said, he's only 23. So there's a total chance that this kid comes in here and, you know, he's home in Boston and he's, you know, we see all the time with these hometown kids, they come home. And, the reverse you know, the, Jimmy Hayes. Right reverse Jimmy Hayes. The system works for them. I mean, you know, this this is a pretty good defensive system. Uh, there might be a spot open on the power play. I I don't. Has Has Hannafin been a big power play guy in? I Calgary? think he's seen some time there. Yeah, I'm not sure. I would imagine exactly he was like though. a second unit kind of guy. Yeah. Um, but I, I I don't think it's I don't think it's super dumb. I would be totally okay with them making the uh, pulling the trigger on a deal like this. 
Yeah, I, th- I think it's one of those things where it's not like a one where it's like, please no, like don't, do, you know, don't do this. Like I think <laughs> like we've the, seen a like couple... the the DeBrusque for Gardner rumors. Right, right, exactly, something like that, and even like Ekman Lassen, where it's like I would not, I'd be very flawed if they took that contract without taking any deferred money back. Like that one would have been foolish if they did that, considering just how tight the cap is. But um, I think the, the number one thing for me is, you know, does, could he pan out here? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's 23 years old. He, you know, it's, it's not like he's going to be a, a franchise defenseman here or anything like that. He just has to do his role well. But I think you just fans have to be cognizant about that uh, expansion draft and how much that impacts the team. Cause you know, as you said, if he does well, then you're in a pickle where you don't know whether, you know, is he going to be taken by, uh, by Seattle? Is Grizzly going to get taken? And, you know, if your rookies that aren't panning out this year, you know, I think what the logical thing you do, if you really want to go all in this year, is then, you know, at the trade deadline, acquire a rental to shore up that spot. That way you don't have to really worry about it. If he's going to be, if it's a, a pending UFA, then you don't have to worry about Seattle coming in and, and snagging anyone. So I think that's probably the route the Bruins are going to do where it's, we see how these guys do. If they play very well, great. We don't have to worry about it. If you know, we're still missing a piece, I imagine they probably revisit the, uh, the, uh, the trade market, you know, at the deadline to see if maybe they can acquire just some kind of steady top four guy to slot in there. Yeah, I mean, it's funny to me. I, I um, I, I what turns what what, what kind of gets me off this idea of the Hannafin deal is the expansion draft next year. I mean, that's a really tough decision to make uh, with what you have. I, I don't think that's an easy one to call to make. You don't want to have to sacrifice. You don't want to leave a forward exposed who you don't want to leave uh, typically exposed to. So, um, I, here's the deal. I don't think this deal ever happens. I don't think this is a deal that. I feel like this is kind of a Bruins type thing. It gets rumored, but it never actually happens. Um, This is something I don't ever see taking place. It could, it could this, and this could also take place down the road. This might not even be a, a, this off season. This could be like a kick in the tires for the deadline. This could be kicking the tires for, you know, next season or something um, after the expansion draft. We don't know. Um, But I don't see this deal happening now. uh, Just with the way the trade landscape's been around the league with the way the, um, with the way the Bruins are typically with trades. Again, I am not opposed to this deal. Now I have not dole, you know, gone head first into the advanced stats yet. I know you've tweeted some stuff that's a little against Hannafin, um, but I don't hate the idea. I think that shores up your top four and I'm for that, especially in the division. Uh, Pierre Lebrun tweeted today or uh, Wednesday is recording uh, that the Bruins would be in the, in the division of them, the Sabres, the Devils, the Islanders, the Rangers. And then he chooses the worst letters for the for I had, team. I had to look at it like, like a, a good minute to be like. He has oh. PHA and PGH, which I obviously is Philadelphia and Pittsburgh. For, but like, for Philadelphia. And yeah. like that's yeah. like, is, hasn't Philly always been PHI and Pittsburgh's been yeah. PITT? It, like it's yeah. obvious. Um, and those are the only ones that are abnormal. Um, and then uh, there's the rest of the divisions, which is a whole other thing. But that's not an easy division. And we've been <laughs> which, saying this for of, a while. Which, of which Tampa is going to shellack that other division, by the way. Yeah, like, no, yeah. Ta- Tampa's division, by the way, good on the Bruins for not being in Tampa's division. They have other challengers. But that division is Carolina, Columbus, Detroit, Chicago, Florida, Minnesota, Nashville, Tampa. If Tampa does not go undefeated in that division, they, yeah. are, they should have to sell everyone and relocate to, uh, you know, Amarillo, Texas. I mean, that is, to me, <laughs> like that, very, you should kill that division. That is incredible. I, I'm just, 
taken aback by how bad the division is. Uh, but at any rate, you want to short up top four uh, going into that division, going into this season. And I, I, look, Hannafin's overhyped. I said it to you when, you when when I first heard this rumor. He's overrated. But if it's for an asset you have a few of, I'm okay with that because you do, you are, I think, short on the back end. Now, again, if Lazan pans out, I look stupid. And again, I'm not saying Lazan's not going to pan out either. I'm just saying it's more of a short bet that Hannafin would be able to slide in and play those consistent top four minutes. Um, but at any rate, that's the Noah Hannafin news, which I think is very interesting. And now we translate or we transition, not translate, we transition to some more uh, trade rumors and, and uh, kicking the tires on stuff. The Vegas Golden Knights, as we say, are out in Vegas printing money. Well, it's finally come back to bite them. It's been reported that they are shopping Max Pacioretty and uh, as well as Jonathan Marcheseau. So I am someone who, at first glance, I like Marcheseau a lot more than Pacioretty. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I would, if I'm Vegas, I give up Pacioretty before I give up Marcheseau. Mm-hmm. Um, but you wrote something today that the Bruins should consider, maybe consider Pacioretty. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I think either one of those two guys, if they're available for the right price, I think it'd be a no-brainer for a team like the Bruins that, to kind of put your forward core over the top with, with either of those guys. I mean, I think Bruins fans are well aware of kind of what Pacioretty, uh, what his game is, and he probably put together one of his best seasons as a whole last year with Vegas. You know, he's a guy who, if he's with a talented top six unit, is pretty much a lock for 30 goals every year. Um, and for him, three years left on his contract, $7 million annual cap. A sizable cap hit considering kind of what the, the current market is. But um, for, if you're the Bruins, we have about $3 million to spend and you're moving off. You have to move other pieces to get them. You know, it's doable. Mokjaso is probably a little bit easier where he's got four years left at $5 million. Again, maybe he's not as a prolific a scorer as Pacioretty, but he's still a guy who is pretty much trying to lock for 20 goals, 45, 50 points every single year. So I think you put either one of those guys in your top six. Uh, it's a legitimate weapon for you to have. Um, and I think it all kind of pertains to, in terms of the Bruins, how, ris- how realistic it is to actually acquire them. I think it all depends on what the asking price is because, again, it's kind of like how Tampa doesn't have a lot of leverage right now with them moving contracts. You know, Vegas isn't as buried under, you know, cap as Tampa is where, you know, they're, they're already over the cap limit and they need to still sign Trunac and Sorelli. Like, I think Vegas is about a million over right now, but I think they pretty much have a lot of guys signed, but you, you can't go into the uh, one over the cap and two not having at least some cushion there. So it makes sense that they're going to probably move either one or two of those guys um, uh, probably before the season starts, but uh, it all depends on what their asking price is. Cause if you're Boston and you're offering maybe cheaper assets, like, you know, uh, a DeBrusque or a Bjork or, you know, a uh, defenseman like Lozon or, or Clifton or someone like that, or maybe an NHL ready prospect like Frederick or Vakaninen, then, you know, maybe Vegas would be interested in that. And it, again, it's not like how I imagine it's going, it was when uh, Vegas traded Nate Schmidt for, I think a third round pick. Right. Like I think Vancouver, yes. Vancouver yes. acquired Nate Schmidt, like top pairing Nate Schmidt for a third round pick. I don't think it's going to be that crazy, but uh, the writing's on the wall that based on how the, the market is, that the valuations of some of these top tier players aren't what they were even six months ago. Right. So um, if you're the Bruins, if you have a, a, you know, a 30 goal score or a 20 goal score available for probably below their value, 
you know, I, I, it would be, I think, negligent if you're the Bruins to not at least kick the tires on one of those two guys because, you know, maybe DeBrusque is what the asking price is, but let's say it's not and you've got a guy like Pacioretty, all of a sudden then you bring DeBrusque down to the third line. You got a third line of DeBrusque, Coyle, and Smith, and you're rolling right now with three legitimate top lines. And um, so I, I think it's a viable option for the Bruins of looking at other ways to acquire talent on this team. I don't know if you're going to find much in terms of on defense. The thing is, how do they free up the money to get Pacioretty? Yeah, I mean, that would be the, the biggest case in terms of moving. If that's the case, and it's probably, you know, a guy like DeBrusque or maybe it's a guy like Kasha or, um, you know, a situation like that, maybe they move a, a player under, you know, lower contracts. Um, oh, obviously they trade Tuca. Oh, uh-huh. I mean that. I mean, that one makes the most sense, Evan. But you know, we wanted yeah. to drag this out a little bit. So, again, you'd have to. It's again would be a lot of moving pieces. But um, with the Bruins have at least three million in cap is a little bit of a, um, you know, an area for them to at least take on some of that contract. It's not like they have to move out three or four contracts just to make it work. Um, so again, easier said than done in this market to move a guy with a seven million dollar cap hit, but not totally impossible and again i think it all depends on what exactly the asking price is it's funny i think about marsh so and, and patrick and i like them both a lot um but i wonder if i'd give up sadnika for one of them now that's a big asking price yeah. that's big that's a really big thing but at the same time you think about it and those are proven offensive players those are these are not you know your your 50 point getters uh, these guys have the potential to really make an impact to make, you know, 70 plus points. And you wonder with this cup window closing, it kind of goes off the Hannafin argument of with this cup window closing, uh, and maybe not so much with Hannafin, more with these guys, but do you give up a big chunk of the future for a big chunk of the present? Now I say, I still say no. I still don't yeah. want to do that because I still think you can find a way to give Vegas a good return without giving them Stadnika. Um, I don't know how DeBrusque wouldn't be involved in a deal like that, um, yeah. or Kasha. I'm trying, I mean, this, the the it's funny. You look at where the money's tied up with the Bruins. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you're not giving up Marshawn, Pasternak, Bergeron. Krejci only has a year left. You're not giving up Rask. Um, I mean, you're they're not. The funny thing is, you're not giving them a lot of money in return because that's why they're giving up. Right. ready or Marshall in the first place. So, right. It would be, I think it would be, you know, a player and, and prospects. I don't think also the Bruins wouldn't probably have to give up a ton of money. Um, no. just given their, their cap space, they're not completely tied down. I mean, they would be able to free money. Um, maybe there's, that's where John Moore goes. John, just Matt, Pat ready for John Moore straight up. That, and know, Nick Ritchie. And Nick Ritchie. Of course. Yeah. And I Nick mean, Ritchie. like, again, it, it's, you'd probably have to juggle a lot of different pieces, but it's not like impossible if the Bruins were really committed to doing it. I think it all just depends on what exactly how desperate Vegas is because, um, you know, if you dangle a Jack sneak at them, I think they'll take it. You know, I think they'd be thrilled to that. I don't think that would happen. I think that's maybe more of a, not indictment, I guess, but more of just a statement. Well, they might have a, they might have a bad, um, scouting report on Sneka because in NHL 21 and in most in franchise mode, when it's other teams prospects, mm-hmm. um, it doesn't show you, what their official overall is. It's like a, cause you don't have a, it's fog of war. You don't have their actual right. scouting reports. So when I was like the Blackhawks and I was going to trade with the Bruins, Stadnika was like so low on the list. And I'm like, Oh, well I know Stadnika is good, but the, this game doesn't think I know. So maybe, maybe Vegas doesn't Maybe know. that, maybe that is a, a tangible factor here. 
but maybe they're the um, fog of war. But I think for a guy like Staniga, who again I think we're all high on, I think Bruins fans are excited to see what he can bring. He's still not a, a guy that I think is a lock to be a, a seventy point top six guy, but I think it's more of a statement on the Bruins farm system that I don't think you can afford to deal a guy like that who at least maybe has that potential because you don't really have a lot of other guys behind him that at least have top six potential. Like if Trent Frederick makes it up to the NHL and stays up here, I don't think he's a top six guy. Um, I don't know if John Beecher is exactly a lock to be a top six guy at the NHL level. So I think you need to at least hold on to one of these guys that could be kind of the diamond in the rough that you're looking for in terms of a guy that you can at least build around and could pan out in the years ahead. Um, again, easier said than done when you also have a chance to get a guy like Patch ready for probably below what his value would be. But I think either one of those guys, even March or so who's cheaper at a $5 million hit, I think either one of those two guys makes the team a lot better. And all of a sudden for as much as the Bruins have been kind of done in the last couple of years because of five on five scoring, you've, all of a sudden, have a pretty pretty loaded forward core. Then, and David Krejci finally have a right wing. Finally, pretty crazy. Um, but yeah, so there's a lot of rumors going on. Um, just all in the last 24 hours, Hannafin, Marsha, so Patcheretti. Um, you can check all that stuff out at Boston Sports Journal dot com. Is there anything else you're working on that people should know about? Yeah, I mean, we're gonna keep you guys updated. Uh, ideally, we get some more tangible news about the season and what to expect in the coming days. So we'll have all the latest news there. Probably going to do a uh, projection on the Bruins roster. I, I believe it's going to be an expanded group anyway. I think it's going to be beyond like the, the regular 23. So it could be some interesting guys who are going to be hanging with the big club all throughout the season. So we'll take a look at that. And yeah, we'll have plenty more stuff over at BSJ. So subscribe there. You can follow me on Twitter at ConRyan93 and I'll have all the latest news there. Underscore 93. Not. Thank you. Thank you very underscore much. Underscore 93. You I, I, that's I was ingrained in my some, head. You're going to have some random ass dude from like Ireland who just is getting followed by Bruins fans. Who has it's no funny. idea what was going on. And you've spilled me I, out there. Thank you. I had a Twitter account um, for a class just at Evan Marinovsky. There was no underscore, which actually now I think I'd probably rather have as my Twitter username or right. thing, but whatever. I, I haven't changed it, whatever. So. Um, there was a show up in Maine that has me on from time to time and they added that account. It only had like seven followers. So like they're the, the fans of the show are like, who is this kid? Like what, why are they having this kid on a whole, a whole uh, seven followers? Yeah. Or maybe I had 10, maybe I have 10. I don't know. Don't, don't, don't short me any uh, yeah, on your, on your <laughs> doppelganger account on my doppelganger account. And that's, it sucks. I can't like anything with that Twitter account because it's literally my name. So it'd be like Evan Marinovsky, liked Evan Marinovsky's tweet. Wouldn't look great. Um, But at any rate, that has been today's episode of poke the bear. Keep up with both of us, Connor Ryan, Evan Marinovsky, you poke the bear listeners have an amazing rest of your day. (laughs) 